We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the show, IB Nation Sports Talk. We're up and rolling, as always, along with Vince D'Addario, Sean Styers. How are you tonight, Vince? It's been a heck of a night. I'm actually not, it feels good to just settle in and talk some Notre Dame football because life was hitting me square across the jaw uh, for a few <laughs> hours and I wasn't enjoying it. Yeah, I, I can just about imagine. We were just <laughs> recounting all the fun you just had. I've got good news, though, as yeah. as as you know, and it starts with this. <laughs> That's a thing of the past. <laughs> the microphone that caused me so much problems the other night. I've got a new microphone, so hopefully, hopefully, everyone's, everyone's hearing it okay, sounding oh, okay, funny. looking okay, everything else. It won't be blocking half of my head anymore. I know. And hopefully hopefully this thing works full-time. We'll see. That one works sometimes, but... <laughs> We're looking for full-time working here. Just too no part-timers. Much, too much here recently. I wanted to also, though, Vince, you know, before we get started tonight, I, I've been a little bit worried about you lately. Uh-oh. Because, you know, I'm starting to wonder if you're, what, like, 15 plus years working in public education maybe has has jaded you because yeah. <laughs> see I, I i might be onto something you might be you've always been you know the cockeyed optimist you know looking at you know through rose colored glasses and all that but i've noticed i've noticed more and more lately you know you're you're taking on the uh you know get off my lawn grumpy old man kind of thing <laughs> I've, I've noticed that coming out in you more on this show specifically Uh-oh. and you know god knows i can get a little cantankerous myself i'm not saying i'm i'm above that but i'm just you know sports are kind of supposed to be our safe space so i know like I'm, i just need to know are you okay you know like do we need an intervention to kind of <sighs> knock some of this crankiness out of you or or you know what's going on it's it's tough I, i'll be honest with you this like high school baseball is supposed to kick off monday right and so that's part of it is that I'm not coaching anymore. So I don't have the stresses, but I also don't have the excitement of the right. upcoming season to look yeah. forward to. I've got an injured kid. So I don't have You're that to look forward agony to. Agony of defeat. That's right. right. I, I've got all these things that I was looking forward to that I'm no longer looking forward to. I, it's funny. I was watching, I was looking at like the depth chart for the Cubs and I'm like, okay, I recognize most of these names. Like, I need to, I need to get back into the swing of that. I, I'm actually very excited about the World Baseball Classic, and I know that that's kind of a touchy subject for some people, but yeah. I really enjoy that kind of stuff. And and I know Team USA is gonna is gonna have their first pitch officially on Saturday, I believe. And they've been playing, they've been kind of making their rounds through the Arizona Fall League. Uh, or the spring league, excuse me, doing their thing. There, there's some names in that starting lineup, so that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I, I'm looking forward to that. So, spring practice is coming. I, I'm, I'm on the upswing, Sean. I'm on okay. the upswing. All right, maybe that's good for what ails you. We're just I'm out hoping. of the season. You need, you need some actual sports. I need something to kind of get you going again. I need something. I need my kid to heal up. Is what I need. So I have something <laughs> to cheer about. I mean, that'd be nice as well. That'd be nice Ugh. as well. <laughs> Killing me. We're all 
we're all pulling we're all pulling for <laughs> for you and Dylan and and everybody else. So uh, I'm going. Okay, uh, well, well, we'll see if that actually holds. You know, we'll see. If, yeah, if the if the cranky Vince persists, I, I'll tell you so, what. If we go to the first spring practice and we don't see some uh, positive things, here it comes. Here it comes. You're going to see the two old men in the balcony is what you're going to see. Yeah. You know, like you were, you know, like a specific example, you know, like I I realize men's basketball teams suck this year, but like, (laughs) you know, you're really kind of, you know, sticking it. You've been sticking it to them all year long. I have. And I was excited, Sean, going into the year, I was excited. I signed up. I was a little bit as well. For multiple games, I to bought go into. To. I bought into the I whole. Did. You know, you got to be old and all that stuff. I, and I, I was, I was fully bought in. I had, you know, reservations for however you want to say because you have to sign up for each individual game now, which is dumb, but whatever. Right. So I signed up for multiple games. I went to the Michigan State game. That was a great game. I was like, and okay, really here we go. In. Yeah. Like, this is great. And it just went downhill from there. Like, yeah, absolutely. and I didn't go to any other games after that. I was just, I was <laughs> like, I can't do it. I, I wanted to go to like the North Carolina game. That was at nine o'clock. And when they stunk by that point, I was like, I'm not staying up that late on a Wednesday. It just, it was bad. I know it was bad. It really was. I know, you know, but you were also, you know, a little bit cantankerous about the whole, Oh, they're not going to let us talk to them. Gaduli, they're not going <laughs> to let us talk to Joe Rudolph. And guess what? We got to talk to both of them last night. You were right on so. that one. You <laughs> you were right on that one. They brought them out. with. How did that work, by the way, bringing the coaches out as well as all it of these was, other players? Yeah, there was – I got there. It was supposed to start at 545, and I got there a couple minutes before 545, and there was already – stuff in progress with like Braylon James, Jaden Greathouse, okay. Rico Flores, Adon Schuler, uh, and it, uh, like one or two other. It was like full swing going. I'm like, great, you know. So like I've got three recorders and I start working the room with oh, the three quarters and all that kind of stuff. Um but then you know so they they you know they rotated them out. They gave them about like 10 to 15 minutes okay each. They'd rotate them out, brought some other guys in and then there was kind of a gap after the players were done. We had to wait a few oh, minutes. Okay. And then first they brought in Joe Rudolph. Okay. And then a couple minutes after Rudolph sat down, Sam Hartman was actually the last player to come in. I forgot about that. And he plopped down at a table. And then about the time those guys were wrapping up, Gino DeGuglia. Gaduli. There it is. I tongued, I tongue-tied myself. Gadu- I even said it right last night to his face, so I was kind of happy about that. But <laughs> <laughs> coach Gaduli. That's right. He uh, you know, so that's kind of how you know the whole rotation worked. And it took probably what time was it by the time we got out of there? Not an hour and a half, but a little wow. like an hour and 15 minutes or so by the time the whole so thing seven was probably o'clock-ish. all said and done. Wow. Yeah, somewhere around there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Gadouli, it's it's interesting because he and Jared Parker are both from Kentucky. Okay. And uh, I actually just we wrote a story about Gadouli, and it's up on Irish Breakdown right now. They played against each other in the Kentucky State semifinals in high school, like before Gadouli went to Cincinnati and Parker went to Kentucky. And uh, you'll have to read the story to find out find out who won. But I find it interesting that, like Jared Parker has this, you know, he's got his Southern accent and, you know, like that's probably not a good Parker accent, but he's got his Southern he's accent. He's got a Southern accent drawl yeah. kind of And accent. he's like a little more folksy, you know. Yes, I agree. Whereas Gino Gadouli, like he's got like an East Coast Italian name, Gadouli, right. and like he has a lot more sort of matter-of-fact, pragmatic, kind, you know, like has no accent. He sounds huh. much more, you know, like an East Coast kind of guy than a guy from Kentucky and they're both from Kentucky. So interesting. Just, that, that, that kind of struck me, you know, I was really hoping he'd have like, a, he'd have like that Jersey accent. Like that's what yeah. I was really hoping. Like that's for. actually kind of like, I would think Jersey more yeah. than Kentucky for Gadouli. That's what I was sure. hoping for. I mean, Gino Gadouli. That's like, right. Past that's the right. cannoli, you know, <laughs> that's exactly like, right. That's, that's what I was looking for. And I'm, I, apparently I'm going to be, gravely disappointed i haven't watched any of the footage of any of the players talking that has been circulating through other media outlets today i was waiting for this show specifically because i knew you were going to be throwing all kinds of stuff at me so i waited and so this is gonna be the first time i've heard rudolph talk gadooly talk you okay know, a lot of these young guys i'm excited well you will hear it here in just a second then because we do have plenty of uh audio from all right yesterday that we're going to uh that we're going to play right now and then we're going to talk about some of this and you know so we got to talk to the whole group Gadouli talked about watching film with Sam Hartman and you know hmm. kind of sitting down and they went through I think it was like the last four games that Hartman played at Wake Forest and they're like okay. you know, what did what'd you see here what'd you see there that kind of stuff and and then there was like some you know terminology and stuff like that you know like that they were talking about from, from Hartman's Wake Forest days. And so Gadouli was asked if they'll incorporate some of that Sam Hartman terminology into what they're doing now at Notre Dame, or, you know, if he's just going to have to, uh, you know, kind of learn what Notre Dame's terminology Ooh, is. I know what and I so, would say. And so here's here's what Gino Gadouli said to that. Now listen close because he goes over a lot more than just that. Okay. So listen, listen. And he and I are learning at the same pace. So, so I would learn it in the morning, and I come teach it to them in the afternoon. And I told him as soon as I knew it, that I would get in and try to install it for them because I know the transition through the first portion of the year for him. You know, he expected to be further along, and with the coaching change, and uh, prior to me coming in, like he thought he should be further along, you know, in February than what he was, and um, there wasn't nothing I could do about that. So as I learned it, I told him I promised him I would teach it to them. And, um, you know, it's great to have Steve and Tyler in the room. Obviously, Tyler's been in there, understands the offense, and kind of talked me through, like, hey, what was the procedural operation here? You know what I mean? What, what did you guys call this? And just kind of helped me understand some things that maybe I, didn't, I wasn't aware of or, or didn't have knowledge of um, to kind of get everybody in that room on the same page. Okay, so there's Gino Gadouli talking about conversation with Sam Hartman. And you heard him talk about Tyler Buckner be, you know, being in the quarterback room since he is the quarterback coach and talking, you know, asking Tyler about sort of how things were run in the offense previously and you know what they saw with these different things in the offense and what they did with the offense. And so Gadouli also talked about talking with Tommy Reese a couple of times hmm. since taking the job. And I'll let you hear that right now. Tommy twice since being here. I talked to him actually on my drive down. 
uh, before my first day on the job and then just talked to him recently. And what did you take from that conversation? You know, just trying to get a feel for the room and, um, you know, some things on recruiting and just, you know, it's offense he's been running, he's played in and, and been running. Um, so just kind of get his perspective on some things. If I got questions, he's been uh, he's been very helpful just to be able to reach out to and got no problem answering questions and anything that I had concerns about or wanted to know why, explain them to me. All right, so I'm looking at your face, Vince, and I'm trying to get a read on on what you're thinking. You might be thinking the same thing I'm thinking. I guess my question is, you know, there were little pieces inside each of those mm-hmm. sound bites there. My question is, what offense are they running under Jared Parker now? Yeah, I think that is the most surprising part of that entire thing was that Gino Gadouli is coming in and learning the offense that was already in place, which, okay, I mean, I don't necessarily have a huge issue with it. I mean, it's a pro-style offense. There's a lot of things that you can do out of it. I mean, you know, when it comes to play calling and things like that, I'm sure Jared Parker's going to be his own man, obviously, right? But it sounds like they're going to move in a direction where the current players are going to have this, you know, uh, not a very large learning curve. They they want to keep at least the terminology and, and everything similar. Okay. I, I'm okay with that. It's a lot easier. Get that to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot easier for a coach to come in and learn it than it is for, you know, 50 kids to learn it. So, okay. I'm fine with that. I now, I will also say that I hope that we see the difference between last year's offense and this year's offense. <laughs> I don't care what terminology they're using. Right. I don't care. It doesn't it's matter one thing to me. They have the same terminology. It's <laughs> right. another thing, you know, like how different is this offense going to be? Because, you know, that was one of the things that Marcus Freeman said at that press conference a couple of weeks ago when they introduced Jared Parker was this is Jared Parker's offense. They're not running sure. somebody else's offense. But listening to Gino Gadouli, it sounds like they're talking about more than terminology. It sounds like they're like the offense that we've seen for basically the last 13 years is the base offense with maybe little subtle tweaks here and there inside and around it. Is that kind of what you're, are we reading too much into this? What do you think? I'm, I'm hoping that's not the case if I'm being honest, but I can very easily see how you could go down that road listening to what he was saying. I mean, terminology is going to be the same. He was asking, I'm hoping that it was more like, okay, here's what you were doing. Explain it to me. And then you can use that information to build and, and create the offense that you need to create. I I'm hoping that he just wanted to get inside Tyler's head and, you know, understand what these guys have been doing since they've stepped foot on Notre Dame's campus. And that, and that's fine. You you need to know what the base knowledge is. You need to know what they're looking at. You need to know all of those different things. So that's my hope. I, I, I'm hoping that they don't just, you know, like Tommy left the playbook on the desk when he walked out the door and they just <laughs> picked it up and ran with it. Like, uh-huh. I, I'm hoping that's not the case. Terminology, I don't care about. It doesn't matter because all teams do the same stuff, you know, as far as what things are called. I mean, that's fine. That doesn't matter. It's yeah. how you use it that is going to be the more important thing. Well, and the other aspect of this is, I guess, I guess you could, you know, again, have the same base offense, whether it's, you know, 75%, 80% the same or whatever. But the other tweaks that I think Jared Parker talked about a little bit, you know, going back to that is the sort of discarding the things that maybe get guys hung up, you know, in an right. attempt to get these more talented guys on the field and that kind of thing. Do, right. Doing, doing things, you know, not, not just running a bunch of plays to say you've got a bunch of plays, exactly. but running plays that work for, you know, the majority of those guys. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and they talked about that, right. He talked about, Hey, if they're not getting it, you take it out. You know, it's not about the perfect play. It's about doing what is best for the guys that are on the field. And so, I'm more worried about the philosophy than I am about the terminology. Let's put it that way. So if the philosophy is clearly different, I'm not asking them to run the run and shoot or, you know, that, you know, I'm not, I don't care about that part of it. 
I just want to see the guys that are on this team used to the best of their ability. That's what I want to see. Yeah, and a couple of different things. Decaf 18, so it's BK's offense that TR took over, and now it's Parker's. That's just great, said no one ever. And, I mean, that's basically kind of I what I was it. thinking. And I agree with what I agree with, with what you're saying, Vince. And uh, Romlek says, I don't mind them running his base offense, just don't call a pass on first and goal after running it down their throat. Yeah, I mean, it's – the, the the philosophical changes, I guess, you know, That's, how different yes. will the mindset, you know, it's right. one thing to have the same playbook, but again, it's, it's the tweaks that the guy in charge and, right. you know, sort of the, the different eyes, the different mentality has on things. What's that going to right. look like? That is probably the more important thing as well. You know, like you said, terminology can stay the same. I don't think anybody right. cares about that. It's what does it actually look like on the Correct. field and who's, who's able to go out there and run the plays. Because you could take a playbook and I could give it to you and I could give it to Brian. I can give it to, you know, uh, Ryan, whatever. And okay, everybody go call a game, but you can only call plays out of this playbook. Every one of our offenses would look different. You know what I mean? It's it just, yeah. it's based on your philosophy, how you see things, how you want to roll from one thing to the next. So, I mean, again, they're not going to use the exact same playbook. They're probably going to use a lot of the same terminology, which makes sense. You want to you want to cut down that learning curve as much as you possibly can, and using the same terminology will do that, right? So right. this isn't the NFL where the offensive coordinator is going to bring in a brand new playbook and a brand new philosophy and a brand new everything. There's going to be some similarities because it cuts down on that learning curve, and I'm okay with that, but I need to see a different philosophy. That's what I need to see, and Absolutely. I don't even know – we're not going to get that answer until what September? No, I mean we're definitely not going to get that in the spring. That's for sure, right? You know, because again, we for starters, we have no idea how much we're going right. to see in the spring. Well, and but. and the spring is more about fundamentals, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the the spring is more about understanding the base and the foundation of everything. The install stuff happens in the fall, you know, and so it might not look a whole lot different in the spring, in, in the spring game, yeah. and all these other things. It may not. Right. But we just need to see a lot of that foundational stuff, the, the, the fundamental stuff. We need to see that take a step in the right direction. And I think we'll be OK. We're going to see a lot of changes, I think, in the fall. Yeah. I mean, Marcus Freeman, you know, has talked about wanting off the O-line, D-line driven program. And yeah, obviously this offense is geared for that one pro style offense. It's a pro style offense. But the subtleties are are going to be. The big things, you know, like Tyler says, still good with the offense as long as they throw to the wide receivers, screens, outside zone, sweeps, and counters. And, you know, do they throw downfield? All that, you know, all sure. those things mixed in. Absolutely. And, and I, yeah, no doubt. I I do find it interesting, though, that Gadouli and Tommy Reese have had two chats about stuff. I, I, I do find that to be... Look, very interesting because I think we can all agree that Tommy Reese loves Notre Dame and, and all of that. I don't think I don't think he was saying a bunch of hogwash, you know, this time last year when he decided to stick around, right? I don't I don't I think that was all genuine. It was from the heart, right? And yeah. he made a career move and I have no problem with that. But I am surprised that he's kind of given a roadmap and answering questions for the guy that took his job. Like that <laughs> that surprises me a little bit. I mean, they're not gonna be sharing trade secrets or anything. But coaching at Notre Dame is a unique situation, and I'm sure Gino Gadouli had some unique questions about that. And the fact that Tommy was an open book about it is, at least as far as we know, that's well. I'm impressed. And I mean, Tommy is a Notre Dame alum. He coached here, obviously, for you know not a long time, but for several years as well. And it's not like Notre Dame and Alabama are on the schedule playing each other this year. And so you would you would hope that as an alum and a guy leaving the program yeah. who is basically, you know, not doing it to stick it to Notre Dame, but to advance his career, you would hope that, you know, he would maybe kind of have that support. So I wasn't totally surprised to hear that. I was, you know, may, maybe a little bit, you know, the fact that they talked twice. Yeah, no twice. doubt. He's like, yeah, I <laughs> talked to him when I was driving down, you know, from Wisconsin and then they've talked again since then, you know, but, but Tommy knows the personnel, you know, and especially right. the quarterbacks, you know, because, you know, beyond just the fact that he was the offensive coordinator, he was also right. 
the quarterback's coach, and that obviously pertains directly to what Gadouli's trying to do right now. I and and I agree with a lot of the people in the chat talking about how it speaks well of Tommy and and all of that. And I I agree, it does. It speaks volumes about him. He could have been like Gadouli, uh, ignore. Like <laughs> he didn't have to talk to him. You know what I mean? I I actually not not that I didn't have you know a high opinion of who Tommy Reese is as a as a human. I did. But like this, that speaks volumes to me. No, you did. You're cranky. That. You're cranky. I, <laughs> I mean, I don't run from cops, but you know. <laughs> oh man! Just See now you're going. That's just a cheap shot. It is a total. You're cheap going shot. back to his college play. Total days. cheap Tell shot. Tell me what kind of dumbass stuff you were doing in college, and then let's talk about you know <laughs> total like, cheap shot. Who gets to take cheap shots at who? <laughs> Because I know Vince D'Addario has some skeletons in his closet. (laughs) You were out defending our country when you were that age. And I was, I was doing dumbass stuff then too. You know, like you'd be surprised at what, you know, it's, it's not like, Hey, people in the military don't do anything stupid. You know, like, like when I was out hanging out in Brent Smithland, you know, in, in Monterey, California, I had a few too many one night and there's, you know, this little rocky formation called Lover's Point where I broke my foot, you know, so. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, total cheap shot on my part. There's no doubt about it. From a football but standpoint. But I didn't run from cops. I didn't run from cops. See? I, I guess I got that going for me. The MPs show up, you know, you do what you're supposed to do, all right? Right. But, uh, no, I, look, I just, I, I, I have a, a high opinion of Tommy in this regard, that he was willing and able to sit down on the phone, obviously, but to talk it, talk it out, like answer any questions that that Gino had. I mean, that's that's huge to me. Well, that's huge. Here's interesting one: Berkshire Yank. Shouldn't the head coach know the answers? Well, he's not going to we, know all we, the ins and the outs of the quarterbacks. of the quarterback specifically. We, I mean, we already know that Tommy was given obviously a, a lot of you know free reign with what he was doing, you know, autonomy. If that's you know the sure that was kind of the catchword. You know, so. It, it just makes sense. Talk to the guy who was directly in charge of the quarterbacks, you know, right. and I, I would imagine that Marcus Freeman helped set that up. Either Marcus Freeman or Jared Parker probably set that call up. So I'm know, sure the initial one yeah. anyway. Right. And look, there are a million things that I knew that the head coach had no idea of when I, even in the high school level, you know, like what we do on a day-to-day basis, some mm-hmm. relationshipy things, like what does this kid do better than this kid specifically drill? Like all of that stuff, the head coach isn't going to know that. He shouldn't have to know that. He shouldn't have to be bothered with the minutia of how to coach a quarterback. It's right. not his job. That's why he hires a quarterback's coach. So there's a lot of stuff that Tommy would know that Marcus wouldn't. And I don't have any problem with that. Right. Now, speaking of Tommy, Sam Hartman, Notre Dame's new quarterback, as I mentioned, uh, Sam Hartman was one of the guys who spoke with the media last night, got our first chance to talk with him, and he was asked about Reese leaving and what his month of February was like after Reese left because, of of course, Hartman just got here on campus in the middle of January. It was, uh, it feels like forever ago, and again, you know, we just got out of a QB meeting, and um, Coach Gino's, you know, doing a really good job working with Coach Parker, and I mean, we're full steam ahead. It seems like light years ago, and again, you know, you're, you're uh, you know, Tommy and or Coach Reese is, you know, he's again, it's a business decision, and um, it was understood. Uh, but again, like we've, uh, you know, we've, you know, we put the, you know, pedal the metal with spring ball coming up. We got spring break um, next week, and we're trying to get in as much as we can in saw wise, but. Um, it's it, as as the old saying goes. It is what it is. Um, there wasn't much to it. We just again we got the guys hired and we're excited and the QB room's fired up. We were, um, you know, really like with Coach Gino's done. He's obviously had a very successful record in quarterbacks and then in um, just college football in general. And um, he's very he's very sharp. You know, you guys will talk to him. You see him very personable. And again, I feel like we've gelled really well in a short amount of time. And, for me, it's different. I've had this, I have the same coach for five years, and so again, it was it was all new to me. But um, again, it's it's the guys around you that kind of kept you in it for those couple weeks where we were in limbo, and then you get you get your orders and you go. 
It is what it is, Vince. It is what it is. And like Sam Hartman, I, I think he's got a career in politics because he talked right around <laughs> yes, he you did. Know, whatever controversy there might have been there. What did you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think that he answered that question perfectly. Uh, you know, it was, hey, the, this is who we have. And, you know, I love Coach Gino and I love Tommy Reese. And I mean, he was he was very complimentary all the way around. I don't know what people thought he was going to say. I mean, no, nah, I was planning on leaving. Tommy left. I'm heading to Alabama. You know, like. I. Well, he, and I think that's why the question was at, you know, sure. like, w- without saying, hey, did you ever think about leaving? You know, that's kind of how it was floated right. out there. You know, there was there was some some ups and downs for in, sure uh, in the month of February. There's no doubt about it. And I think that, you know, now that the ship has been steadied appropriately, I think that he's excited about it. I think he's probably a little bit frustrated because I'm sure he expected to be, as Gino mentioned in the one of the previous cuts, I'm sure he, he expected along. to be way further along into yeah. where things are with the playbook and and all of that. And I know that he's been, you know, doing some seven on sevens and, and throwing with some guys and all of that. Of course, he wanted to be further along than where he's at right now. So that's part that's got to be frustrating. There's no doubt he's probably a month behind, and you know now he's going to be full steam ahead and see where things go. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's obviously the glitch when you come into a situation, you, you use a grad transfer, you go to a new school, you get there in the middle, again, you get there in the middle of January, you know, when sure. the semester starts up and within about two and a half weeks, your offensive coordinator's gone. And, right. You know, so then obviously you've got to go through the process of finding your next offensive coordinator and hiring the quarterback coach and all that kind of stuff so he did talk about he's he's spent some time he actually went fishing with jared parker this past hmm. weekend and met his family and you know like he talked you know in some other some of the other stuff that he was talking about just like, like the fact the building up the trust bank essentially sure. you know both with Gaduli and with jared parker and that's that's kind of where they are right now sort of all feeling each other out and yep. getting to know each other right now but again that's behind now too because of the fact that that they had to go through all the hiring process. Well, and it's incredibly important, even though Jared Parker's not the quarterback's coach, it's still incredibly important for him and Sam Harton to be on the same page, right? Because the way I envision that conversation going is very similar to the way the conversation would go when I would talk to the quarterbacks that I would work with, right? It's, hey, here's my vision for what the offense looks like, and here's how you fit into it, right? And do you think that that's a you know, I would ask him, do you think this is something that you would want to do? Like, is this, what are you comfortable with? You know, all of those different things, because then that shapes what you want to call and what you want to install and and where you're at. Because look, every offensive coordinator out there knows what their quarterback is comfortable doing always. And when it, when it, when it hits the fan in a game, you want to be able to go to what the quarterback's comfortable doing, what is in their wheelhouse, right? Right. So you got to get to know the quarterbacks. You know, you're coaching the tight ends, but you got to know the quarterbacks. You've got to know what they're comfortable doing, where they are, and all of those different things in their headspace. And so I think that was a fantastic idea to take them fishing and do all those. Because what do you do when you're fishing, Sean? You sit there. Sit there and, and you, talk. You talk. <laughs> you learn about each other and you talk. Like, that's that's perfection, man. I, I love that. Yeah. Are you a fisherman? I am not. It's too boring. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I should have I'm known sure. because I'm sure I've been I've insulted multiple people because the Finsta to Dario patience level is <laughs> worse than the Sean Styers patience level. And I know what my patience level is. And, yeah. you know, like sitting around, especially when it's either hot or cold and it's like, come on, just something bite here. I don't yeah. have time for this, you know, hard. And then pass. you got to go through the hole. You got to get the fish and all that oh, stuff. And, and see. I'm kind of a weenie when it comes to stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like I'll watch other people do it, but that's, you know, it's not what, so I I was watching, uh, what, what is it? The, uh, 1883 or whatever on Paramount plus it's like the, is that the Yellowstone? Yeah. So it's the the very first yellow and and the, the, the five-year-old kid kills his first deer and the dad sticks his hand in there and he bloods the kid and he puts the blood on his face. And I'm like, why, why are we like, what what are we doing? Like I don't know, I, and I don't see myself sticking my hand up in the, into a deer and then putting the blood on my kid's face like that. It's just not me. It's a lot of other people. It's just not me. Yeah, uh, you should have watched. 
you, you should be watching The Last of Us because, you know, like you want to talk about killing and, and what they're eating and not eating. And, you know, this last episode last weekend. OK, that so was put it on the list. That was something. Yeah. But you got to have HBO or HBO Max. So well, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I only have so many. I can only afford so many services. That's I hear you. I yeah. hear you. I got to get Apple TV back because Ted Lasso. It is coming what out days today. It's, oh, it's six, six days, days from now. Six days from my now, son's baby. birthday. Ted Lasso comes out. With I forgot three. that. It, I forgot that your son's birthday was was in March yep. as well. It's right. Yeah. Yet another thing that that our little circle has in common. Jesse's is in yep. ten days. Like I said, he's coming back tomorrow. We're you know doing a little birthday celebration this weekend. So yeah, right. I know. Sean is big. Sean is big time. HBO Max. I don't know about big time, but all I know is we've got the HBO subscription, and the HBO Max comes with it. You know, so like you can always go back and watch an on-demand episode if you miss something or right. whatever, or if you just want to rewatch it. So mm-hmm. I went back and rewatched it. It was a crazy episode. You do you get into? Did you ever get into The Walking Dead or any of no. that stuff? No, See, I I haven't either, and there are, I don't want to spoil too much, but this Last of Us, I knew nothing about it before it started, but apparently it's based on a video game, and oh, okay, like it's a video game with a storyline, and so some of the story is the same, you know, some of it, you know, they've written characters in and different stuff like that, but it's there's there's like zombie apocalypse type stuff, but it's not heavy on the zombies, yeah. Like, yeah this past week's episode was one of a handful where they had zero zombies in, you know, in the whole episode. Interesting. So, it's hard for me to like get into the zombie in three episodes. It's hard for yeah. me to get into the zombie stuff. Like the, you know what yeah. I mean? Like that's, I hear you, but then I turn right around and like watch like star Trek and things like that. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't explain it. Brian wants to know what a hand in a deer has to do with fishing, by the way, just has to do with gutting animals. Yeah. And, you know, being a manly man that apparently I'm not. I think that's pretty much what it comes down to. Yeah. I did more hunt. You know, I did some fit, you know, my dad was kind of outdoors, but like okay. we did more hunting together than fishing. Like I think even he, his patience ran out with fishing at some point. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's, it's like, you better have a cooler with you if you're right. going fishing, you know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Vision poet. Pedro Pascal is great. Great show. I, I, I highly recommend it. Okay. Vision. There's Vision. He said it's fantastic. It is. It's a really good show. Especially, you know, again, knew nothing about this video game before it ever came up. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. One more uh, soundbite from Sam Hartman. Okay. Before we... uh move on with this portion of the show tonight he uh he also discussed uh improving his nfl draft stock and you know that's part of the reason that he came sure. here and what's going to be his one and done year at notre dame just the uh it's a good question i, I mean I, I think there's always aspects of your game you can grow you can say arm strength talent accuracy um i mean i think it's just uh being able to come in here um, and it kind of goes with why I decided to, you know, do another year was coming to a new place, um, have to learn a new group of guys, learn a new offense, um, you know, 
take charge, take a leadership role, take a following role, everything in between. Um, kind of like a, a mini NFL jump in a sense of um, just m- making that adjustment of coming and being a new guy, but also being expected to be a leader, be an old guy, um, and learning the ropes um, while also trying to take charge of the ropes. Um, I think those all those things were kind of try and help me in that aspect, but. You know, one. You know, once I step foot in here, it's it's not like what's the. You know, is this going to help me? Mm-hmm. It's more, is this going to help? You know, the Irish win on on Saturdays or you know in Ireland. So it's it, that's the that's really the whole goal right now. All the again, all the NFL stuff after that that just happens takes care of itself. See, I like the way he wrapped that up there at the end with you know it's still it's still about the team winning and those kind of things. Because like, if you flash back to about a year ago when Brandon Joseph came in the door, when he used his transfer to come to Notre Dame, virtually all he was talking about is elevate the draft stock, elevate the draft stock, all that stuff. And I don't think we saw the best of Brandon Joseph by any stretch. I just, it, it just felt like, felt like the mindset was wrong from the beginning. Right. And he kind of <laughs> he kind of proved that throughout the year, right? Yeah. I mean, if if we're being yeah. honest. And I look, Sam Hartman's saying all the right things, and I love that about him. And I think that's has a lot to do with his maturity level and you know, the fact that he was on a TV show when he was in high school. Like he's he's learned what to say, right? Uh and I and I think that's very, very clear. Now, I'm not saying that he's lying in any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> I, I I just think that he he is a master of the word salad, though. I mean, he he does yeah, a he, good job. He really, <laughs> I, I will give him, and I don't mean this, you know, this this maybe, you know, will sound like a shot, but he really finds ways to say a lot of words without saying much. <laughs> right, exactly. He really did. Right. And there was another answer that went like two and a half minutes, and I can't even remember what it was about. I was sitting there, and I'm, and I'm reading the transcript. It's like, what? <laughs> What did you say? <laughs> that's, or no? Yeah, no, that's fair and appropriate. I think, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I do like, you know, the team mindset. It, it just, he feels, because you can, you know, you, you've been around, you work with kids all the time. You can see, you can sniff through the BS. Oh, right? yeah. And I like to think that we both have a pretty good BS meter for the most part. And uh, like he was just, you know, he was just kind of kicked back and chill the whole mm-hmm. time. And there was never a vibe of I'm just sitting here BS and deflecting every question that you guys are going to throw at me. It just felt like, you know, a, a guy who's got a really even keel. Yeah. A guy who's been around the block going into his sixth year and he knows what he needs to do. And, you know, he's he's not going to sweat the small stuff, you know, I'm kind of right. Going back to, you know, the it is what it is comment that he made about Tommy Reese and he's very, he just seems like a very pragmatic, you know, to the point kind of guy. Nope, no, I don't know about to the point, considering we just talked about <laughs> right. the word salads, but very pragmatic kind of person who's who's kind of over a lot of stuff, you know? Right. Absolutely. And he he's going to be, to a degree, he's going to be a go with the flow kind of guy. He's going to be, you know, but he's going to work his butt off and he wants to win. Cause look, at the end of the day, if it's about draft status, let's say he takes Notre Dame to a national championship or even the national championship game, you know, or has a lot of success team wise. Guess whose draft stock's going to go up? That's right. His. I mean, yep. it's a product of success right there. So, you know, I, he, and I think he understands that. I think he's smart enough to understand the more team success they have, the more individual success he's going to have now and in the future. Yeah, I mean, just being at Notre Dame, his profile has risen drastically compared to being at Wake Forest. No doubt. Yeah. All right, before we get into rapid fire, where we will have some more sound bites, by the way, I wanted to play one from Joe Rudolph, the new offensive line coach, who was asked about sort of what his philosophy is when it comes to figuring out what his starting five will look like on the offensive line on the group short if you weren't trying to find the best five you know and and um i think you have to do that with with some with some vision of how the whole group fits together so um 
there may be someone that's competing their tail off and they might be the they might back up Joe or they might uh, back up Zeke but if they play in a way this spring where you see that they're one of those five you can easily move them in the position and have them ready in fall camp and all summer to take that over so uh, that, that's what I shared with them like I, I want to be smooth I want to see guys at their best spot where they feel that is but the the evaluation and assessment will we'll, we'll always try to get the best five on the field so get the best five on the field and don't worry about what position they are that's kind of where that question generated from don't go like okay these are the tackles these are the guards this is the center figure out who your best five guys are and find a way to get them on the field you like that hundred uh, percent. That is how I have always operated when it comes to the offensive line. You get your best five on the line within reason, of course. I mean, you know, it center might be kind of the, you know, the, <laughs> right, you know, the, exactly. the trickier issue. Cause you still well, have to and, find a guy, you know, who can handle all the center duties, you know, not just being a good blocker. Absolutely. hundred percent. And, and that was, that was going to be the point that I was going to make. Who, who was the kid that was the right guard last year for, for Notre Dame? Uh, he's been there forever and Love. a day. Thank Love. you. He was a terrible center because he's six right. foot eight. Like, right. that doesn't work. He's just too dang big, right? And so there obviously is, you know, some, you know, you have to be tailored to the position. But at the same time, yeah, you want your five best guys, man. I'm not going to put an inferior player at guard when – I know that my backup tackle is going to be better. You, you put your best five on the on the field and you figure out how to make it work. So I, I love that philosophy. Yeah, I do too. I, I think that it makes the most sense. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that that was, I, I was, I was glad to hear that. And I, I've got to go through the Rudolph stuff a little bit deeper because I stood there and listened to a lot of what he said. He's, you know, fairly, you know, you heard his voice, a fairly, you know, he doesn't have the rasp, you know, like a Harry right. Stan for example. But he still sounds like an O-line so, coach to me. Like, he still yeah. has that demeanor, it feels like, even if it was just audio for me. Like, he still comes off as, like, an O-line coach. Right. Before we get to rapid fire, I just realized, you know, I never did the obligatory smash the like button and, and all that stuff. And, you know, it, it really does help Irish breakdown when you do that, like I was oh, looking yeah. back, I remember going into the season, we had less than 12,000 subscribers and now of just on the YouTube channel. And now we're pushing, you know, we're getting close to 14,000. So it's gone up, you know, a pretty fair amount over the course of the season. And you know, where we really, you know, where it really helps Irish, but you know, the YouTube channel helps, but what you should do because where it really helps Irish breakdown is, is if you subscribe to the podcast, you know, right. like on your Apple podcast and that kind of stuff. That's where it really get those downloads, baby. That's right. That's right. And we don't have to go into all those details, but even if you don't, you know, listen to the podcast all the time, just get into your Apple or your Spotify or whatever, and subscribe to the Irish breakdown podcast, because that helps us out tenfold. Absolutely. Right there. See out. tons. I've got, I'm listening to one right now. I there was listening go. to the mailbag from yesterday from uh brian and ryan so and then lucky lefty just popped up so right. i'm a subscriber baby i'm downloading i'm right there t guns has android so just download the spotify app and you can you know they automatically can, download it's a you win. can subscribe to the irish breakdown podcast in spotify that's all you have to do boom nice. just like that no matter no matter what kind of phone you have Helps us. It's not just lip service. It really helps us out. Oh, it helps big time. It helps we feed my children. It. So that's that's exactly right. Yeah, like I'll just put neither it right one out there. of us, neither one of us would be <laughs> sitting here without those podcast downloads. Let's put it that way. Correct. Right? But we, we are literally, literally paid based on those downloads. <laughs> I don't care who knows it. That it is what it is, people. See, like I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not familiar with this Romlock guy, but. <laughs> I'm big time because I have HBO Max and because I have Apple. Right. So, all right. That is hilarious. Uh, Ant wants to know how to listen to the broadcasts of Notre Dame women's basketball. That's another app. If you go to the yep. Odyssey app, is it correct? Did, did I say it right? Yes. A U D A C Y. 
it looks Odyssey. like this one right there. It's like a little A yeah. with a circle. Yep. Download the Odyssey app. And uh, then you, I think if you just search like Notre Dame, Notre Dame women's basketball, it'll pop right up and you can follow those broadcasts, I think, it, right? It's actually, once you have listened to it uh, at least once, right? Um, here, I'm pulling up the app. And so I can show people. And obviously this is a visual situation. But at the top, it will just automatically have women's right. basketball, men's basketball at the top. And then you just click on it and it goes. And Boom. it's awesome. So you need to do. Yeah, it's great. Because it technically comes out of Indianapolis. That's like that's like where the the hub of the radio side of things is coming. So that's what it says. This is women's basketball, Indianapolis, Indiana. There you go. And man, Tommy, Tommy is now subscribed. Good job. Thank you, Tommy. Appreciate it. My appreciate, man. Appreciate Ant for asking about the women's basketball. And we'll find out Sunday night where the yeah. women's basketball team is going when my kids are actually very excited uh and hopeful that notre dame is obviously going to host because they want to go to the games yeah with my with my in-laws so they're all excited they're they're hoping they got their fingers crossed it's going to be home games so that they can go to a few i hope so too and <laughs> i know you do and you then i hope live the hotel for a week and i'll just put this out there i hope we go to seattle afterwards as well so instead of greenville south carolina <laughs> you've already charted out the uh the, the way you well there's go. only two there's only two places to go oh. for the regionals because oh okay. the way they're doing it they've got the seattle hub and the greenville south carolina hub and you know like on the men's okay. side how they have four locations like yeah. once you get to the sweet 16 they're basically running two regionals in each of those hubs so gotcha. everyone who gets to the sweet 16 is either going to like eight teams are going to seattle eight teams are going to greenville south carolina you'd, you'd obviously yeah we're not going to play each other but then sure you know, so that's that's how where's that's the final four this year dallas okay, dallas. okay. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.